Welcome to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell. Talking business ownership, the nuts and bolts and everything in between. G'day and welcome to the Tradies Business Show. My name's Warwick Wazza Bidwell. Love the way people uh, here in Australia just shorten everybody's names. I'm working with some clients in Sweden at the moment as their business wingman and a lot of our humour here in Australia is lost on people from overseas so I'm finding I have to think carefully about some of the uh, the slang terms that I'm I'm uh, apt to using but yeah they don't refer to me as was. Um, anyway welcome to the show got a great uh, great interview for you today my first one back after taking a bit of a break from the podcast. So hopefully you've uh, strapped yourself back in, downloaded uh, the last couple of episodes, and we're back on the horse and running. Uh, Today's interview is with a woman who has been inspired to get Australia's tradies healthier. I have a chat with Pip Selden from the Healthy Tradie Project. And um, Pip's doing some fantastic work uh, getting tradies, eating better, moving better, and practicing a bit of mindfulness and uh, hopefully improving their quality of life and um, and perhaps even the length of time they're able to stay in the industry and maximize their return from, from their work. So um, we have a great chat to Pip. Uh, we also, Pip shares a bit of personal, uh, part of her personal journey, um, gets a little... Uh, a little close to the bone in the midst of the interview, but um, loving the work that Pip is doing. And uh, and I'm sure you'll really enjoy this interview as well. There's some great tips in here that you can put into place in your own life. So uh, enjoy the interview. And as always, if you've got feedback, uh, go and hit me on Facebook at Tradies Business Show. Um, if you haven't liked the page already, make sure you do that. And uh, leave me a review on iTunes on the show if you're liking uh, having me back. Go give me five stars. It's always good to help other people find the show. And uh, have a listen to uh, my chat with Pip Selden from the Healthy Tradie Project. And joining me today on the Tradies Business Show is Pip Selden from the Healthy Tradie Project, which uh, I think we could all get a bit more of that in our lives. But uh, welcome to the show, Pip. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Now, uh, I really dislike reading people's bios and introducing people. And I've had some uh, MCs do a really bad job of introducing me as a keynote speaker over the years. So I prefer to let my guests do it themselves because they can probably do it better than anybody else. Uh, can you tell my listeners, I guess, a bit about yourself, but also you know, maybe how we've ended up to be chatting today and, uh, and perhaps what you, you're truly passionate about? What's your purpose, Pip? Okay. I... I actually wear a few hats um, from a, you know, in a professional sense. I'm a construction project manager. I'm a health and nutrition coach, a yoga instructor. I'm a doTERRA wellness advocate, a speaker, and the founder and creator of the Healthy Tradie Project. So life's generally pretty busy, but it all <laughs> evolves around tradies and in some way health and, and well-being. So I 
grew up in a family who have all in some way been connected with construction. My uh, my dad was in the lift industry and then security, and my two brothers were both tradesmen, uh, one a carpenter and the other an electrician. And it was really probably after doing my own uh, renovations and building a few new homes that I thought, yeah, I don't mind this, this is pretty good, that I then joined or sort of dipped my toe into the world of commercial construction. And in 2009, I joined a builder in Canberra as, a, as an administrator. And I really haven't looked back since then. Um, I have just grown within the industry and stepped up to PM and, and now actually uh, in an operations uh, management role. So, but my, I guess my, my journey on the health and wellbeing side really came about after the loss of my eldest brother to suicide. And that set me on a path of, uh, of obviously health and well-being and, and the effect and the impact that our health and well-being has and what we eat and how we move and, and sleep and all these things in our lifestyle behaviours and how they really influence our mental health, our physical and our, our emotional well-being. Mm. So that experience is what led me to create the Healthy Trading Project and obviously having that connection with the construction industry um, through my brothers, through my father and then also myself was a reason why I naturally gravitated towards supporting uh, tradies within the construction industry. Cool. And then I guess where you know where we first met was the opportunity to actually share that lived experience of suicide that story that journey that we'd been on with mates in construction and their uh, their lived experience panel of speakers mm. and i've uh, <clears throat> i've heard you speak uh as part of the, the conference that um, we actually went to uh, around the time we both attended that lived experience training, um, which I think you had done before, hadn't you, Pip? I hadn't actually done this, the speakers training. I, uh, I actually went into that conference and spoke at that conference and then did the speakers training afterwards. So. <laughs> well, I was pretty impressed and I, and I must say I was sitting there um, watching and listening you, to you share your story and and talk about your brother and, uh, you know, perhaps serendipitously or not, um, today is, uh, as we're recording this episode, is actually uh, his birthday. So I really do appreciate you coming on the show um, and speaking with me on, on a day like today. Uh, it must be tough for you. I mean, do, do you still find um, that you're processing some of, some of uh, the events of, of the preceding years, Pip? Yeah, look, I think you never really forget. Um, it's always something that is is a part of your life. It's always, it's something that, you know, suicide was never, ever on my radar. I uh, saw this guy who I thought was enjoying life, but there was a facade, there was a mask that I didn't allow myself to see through that. And... I think 
you over time um, you you know I've allowed myself to I guess feel what I needed to feel and and whether that be pain or grief or um, you know any emotions that I needed to I've, I've allowed myself to go through that process but um, you know days like today uh, you know I, I try and I guess celebrate the the great times that that we had together, um, he and I, or together as a family, and you know just acknowledge I guess the time that we did have. Mm. Um, but it's always you know it's always something that's there. It's always going to be a part of my story, um, my life. You know every birthday is different now. Every Christmas is different. Every family get together is different, and unfortunately. There's always going to be that void. You can't you can't change that now. Yeah. Um, and that's that is tough. And I I think as a family we all feel that. Um, and you know that's probably never well, that probably will never go away. No. But, um, it's it's so important to just keep that communication open and keep talking about him and uh, and and you know what we're feeling and what we're going through at the time to um you know to make sure that we keep talking about it we keep you know we keep his memory alive yeah yeah and uh, i love what you say about celebrating uh the life that was um to to paraphrase uh yeah and i i heard a great uh, analogy or or model recently um explained to me about grief as you know we seem to think that whatever it is whether it's a you know loss of a job or or uh, sort of more catastrophically, the loss of a loved one, that people seem to have this idea that we can deal with our grief and get rid of it and we get over it and it doesn't come back. But uh, the reality is is probably more like the yolk of an egg where, you know, it stays there and it perhaps shrinks to a certain size and, and then we cover it with the rest of our life and our life experiences. But the grief is always there and there's certain times or... or uh, you know, situations where it does perhaps come back to the surface and it gets uncovered again. And I think accepting that that's the case and that we are going to revisit some of those feelings in a good way or maybe in a in a more challenging way throughout our lives, I think a bit of acceptance around that can make it much easier to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. It will always, it will always be a part of my life and there will always be things that, you know, even a song on the radio, there will be things that come up that, bring back those memories mm. and um and that's you know that that's all all a part of that whole journey moving forward so yeah, absolutely yeah. so pip you mentioned that the loss of your brother was a big part of you i guess moving in this direction of um well what's culminated in the healthy tradie project but how did that come about can you just give us a bit more of an insight into um, the progression of that idea and and how it came to to fruition. Yeah, look, it was it was two it was 2011 that I came up with a bit of a crazy idea of hopping on my bike and cycling from Canberra to Brisbane to generate awareness about suicide prevention. This is a push bike we're talking about, right? This is a push bike. You, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That is pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, I, after his death, I put myself through some training, which was the assist course, so applied suicide intervention skills training. Mm -hmm. And that was a real, uh, almost kicking the guts, you know, I, I just, 
I learned all of these things that, that we had missed, that as his family, uh, his mates, you know, all of these things that he so he, he hid so well, but there were, um, you know, there was all of these contributing factors that were evident in his life mm. that isolated you. Anyone would probably think that, oh, yeah, that's, you know, just mm. part of life. Yep. But collectively, uh, for some people that is, you know, it might be all too hard to overcome. And it was when I actually was probably awakened to some of these signs and some of these, um, you know, these triggers that I thought, you know what, we need to, we need to make more people aware of this because, you know, had I been aware of it prior, then maybe, you know, maybe it might've been a different, um, end result. But so I, I set out with uh, a good friend of mine and we, we cycled from Canberra to Brisbane. Um, we took over, we took, 17 days all up we had i think it was 13 riding days and four rest days and with the support of lifeline and we um it was really about it was yes it was about raising raising money for lifeline for their their, you know for their training for their um uh their call center operators but it was also about just starting that conversation and, and encouraging people to talk about this topic that Back then, and maybe because I wasn't, you know, really, I hadn't had a suicide as part of my life, I didn't hear about it. I didn't, it it wasn't something that you saw reported or on the news or Mm. this conversation wasn't happening. So for me, it was about starting that conversation. Okay, how can we get people talking about this? You know, I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to encourage others to do the same. So we set out on that trip and... It was probably after that that I, you know, that the health. I mean, I'd generally been health, you know, healthy and fit, but then it was after that that it kind of kicked into a new a new level, and I then took all this newfound fitness and and went and <laughs> raced some Ironmans and triathlons and and all those sorts of things. But I then really began to delve more into the effect that nutrition has on our mental health um, our emotional health you know how uh, the food we eat plays a role in how we feel you know in how we move how we think Mm -hmm. uh, our you know our energy levels and just the i then i actually started yoga and and that was actually to aid in uh, some lower back pain that i was getting on the bike so i I kind of started (laughs) introducing introducing these other modalities and did. And I'd walk out of a yoga class and just feel amazing and not just physically but mentally and emotionally. I, yeah. I just, it was like I just feel this whole lightness of, of being and, and I feel so at ease. And so I went off and did teacher training and, and, uh, and health and nutrition coaching and, and now I'm, I'm really about bringing those tools to tradies because I think – we have, you know, we have a lot of support in place for when guys reach crisis point. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I should say just guys. There's female tradies as well. But we've got a lot of support at crisis point. But I want to step back and say, okay, what can we do up front? You know, what tools can we give tradies so that they've got them every day of the week in their toolbox and they can use those tools so they don't hit crisis point? Yeah. We can 
get guys eating better. We can get them being more mindful of what they're doing. You know, they're, they're, they're living in this present moment as opposed to all these thoughts and feelings and worries and all of these other things going on in their life. We can actually try and implement some, some healthy lifestyle behaviours so that they recognise when they start to get off track Yeah, and they know how to bring that back. So it's a big, it's a big problem with, well, my opinion uh, and my personal perspective is there's a lot of programs in all areas of our lives that seem to be remedial and not enough in terms of real prevention, which, you know, often comes from education. Well, I think, I think education is the key to all prevention, to be honest, whether it's you know, the obesity epidemic that we're facing or the road toll or, you know, even suicide, uh, which we've talked about a bit today. And, and we look at we look at the construction industry and site safety and as a project manager, I suspect that's a big part of your life as well, um, is, is planning for yeah. site safety and inductions. And that's, they're all preventative measures. And we've seen some fantastic mm. improvements in workplace-related incidents. Um and you know, if, if we reference that that whole issue of suicide, particularly in the in the construction space, um, I can't remember the stats, Pip, and you might be able to to uh, help me out here. But I think um, construction workers are like four times more likely to six, six, six times, times more likely, likely to die by suicide than a workplace incident. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Every every second day, a construction worker in Australia takes his own life. Yeah, and. Yeah. For me, and, and one of the, the reasons I was so keen to talk to you on the show and, and why I'm fascinated with the work that you're doing is I'm also personally quite passionate about, um, I guess, people taking responsibility for their um, their nutrition, their health, their state of mind, their, their spiritual state, uh, and not sort of leaving it to the point where they need to take remedial action or corrective action um, yeah. because it... it I know personally I've I've done a lot with nutrition and health in the last five to ten years and according to my GP when I turned 30, um, I should have been having a heart attack by the time I was 40. Uh, I'm 44 and uh, <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've gotten past strong. that point but um, but I'm fitter and stronger and healthier now and I get quite a lot of um, you know blood tests and all sorts of testing done on a regular basis because I'm just I'd like to track what's going on with my body. Um, and I'm fitter and healthier now at 44 than I was at 30. Uh, and 90% of that has been through nutrition for me um, and also functional movement and those sorts of things. But yeah, it just seems to be something that I think people are more offended to talk about food <laughs> and nutrition these days than they are about, I don't know, being gay or a Christian or something. Yeah, and it's you know, there's there's so much out there and it's, you know, you should do it this way or do it that way. And and I can understand how people just get so confused and so caught up in, well, what am I supposed to be doing? They say I should be eating this and then that person says I should be eating this, you know. But the biggest thing that I, that I say to tradies is it doesn't have to be hard. And one of the very first things they can start doing is to eat as nature intended eat more living food and less stuff that comes with a label. 
You know, yeah. more of the stuff that you go to the farmer's market and buy and less of the stuff that you're getting out of the supermarket, yep. uh, you know, that's in a, a packet, a jar or a tin. So yeah. it's just, you know, you can go right back to basics and that's that in itself will make a massive difference in people's energy levels, in their clarity of thought. You know, when people aren't on this roller coaster of sugar highs and lows all day long uh, and they've got this sustained energy throughout the day, then of course they're going to be better focused at what they're doing. They're going to be mm-hmm. thinking about the tasks that they're doing at the time. So, you know, it's when we get those highs and lows that we have the potential for accidents to happen on site Yeah. because our concentration is not where it should be. So, yep. you know, it, all of those things are connected and, and that's, um, you know, so that's, true. that's super important for the industry. So, Pip, talk um, if you if you will a little more about that connection between i guess you know yoga and and perhaps that spectrum of activities nutrition um and mental health and and uh, and i suppose you know i don't want to make today all about the suicide conversation but it's almost like the ultimate symptom of um of those factors being out of balance i, I don't know if you would agree with that statement or not but can you talk a bit yeah. more about how those things are all tied together? Yeah. I mean, we focus on three core pillars, I guess you could say. And one is uh, movement. The other is mindfulness. And the third is nutrition. And, yes, we wrap up some some other lifestyle behaviours amongst that, like you know, sleep and, uh, and, and yep. some time in the sun and time for play. But yep. in general, we look at those three areas and – you know, the nutrition, as I said, it, it doesn't have to be hard. It's some really basic, you can start by just taking some basic, simple steps. And and I really just try and encourage guys to stay away from those processed sugary foods. Um, you know, that's what affects our, our energy levels and our concentration. I mean, there's a whole host of other, obviously, issues uh, in the body. But staying away from that and trying to just bring our energy levels back to you know, a, a balanced energy throughout the day. And that's where, you know, fats are great and the whole debate about fats. But, you know, good quality saturated, monounsaturated fats, you know, eating nuts and, and seeds and avocados and, you know, grass-fed, you know, meats and all of those things and, and, and fish, wild-caught fish, just encouraging that consumption of food and vegetables um, is is a great way to just try and bring back people onto this, I guess, this even keel, and and they've just got this this steady form of energy. Um, the the movement side of things with regard to yoga, I mean, particularly tradies, you know, you, you watch most tradies turn up to site in the morning, and they'll get out of their car with you know maybe a coffee in one hand, or it might be a some form of sugary drink, and and <laughs> the good old and, iced coffee drink. Yeah. <laughs> And the first thing they do when they get out of their truck is probably cut, you know, maybe a 20, 30 kilo toolbox out of the back to take it up on site. Now, typically they're using the same muscles every day. They're doing the same form of movement. And we're finding through through the yoga classes is that, you know, they're generally tight through the the upper body, the shoulders, the back, the hips also very tight. So what we're really doing is just actually encouraging guys to move, to stretch, to open their bodies up in a different way. 
than what they would typically do every day of the week through their work. Yeah, yep. And that... Yep. Sorry, Pip. I was just going to say that scenario of getting out of the ute. You know, they've probably driven half an hour or, or perhaps more. Um, they haven't stretched. Uh, they haven't warmed up. And, yeah, they roll out of the ute and straight into what is often heavy work. I mean, if I if I did that at my uh, at my CrossFit gym, the coach would, would smack me around the head or, or send me away. It's like go and warm up and, and stretch before you start picking up heavy weights because uh, yep. you're going to do damage to your body. Exactly right. And you're doing that, you know, day in, day out. Um, it doesn't help the body at all, at all. So just really then encouraging, um, you know, encouraging movement, encouraging movement in a different way, um, you know, just allowing the body to stretch. And But I guess the beauty with, with yoga, and this is where we link into the mindfulness as well, is we begin to create a form of meditation in motion. And when we bring guys into a yoga class and they are focused 100% on what they're doing in that moment at that point in time, um, they're actually in a meditative state. Even though they're moving and even though they're going through that yoga practice, they're actually they're not thinking about what they've got to do for the rest of the day mm. or what's happened this morning or, you know, it, it's all about bringing them back into the present. And that then links into that whole mindfulness um, yeah, approach of actually coming back to present moment living and not being caught up in those thoughts and those worries and the feelings of what has or hasn't happened yet, but actually just living in this moment, you know, right here, right now. So uh, w- without getting into, I guess, heavy science or anything, Pip, why is that so important? I mean, we we see so much stuff about how we should be meditating, we should be taking time out, we should be living mindfully, but why is that so important? I think quite simply is that by being present, I mean, A, we're more productive, we're more focused on, you know, as much as we think we can probably multitask, we can't because the moment we take our mind and spread it between different things, we're taking our, our focus and our attention off, off one. And if we are allowing ourselves to be distracted with, with you know, what have I got to do this afternoon or I've got to go and pick the kids up or I've got to do this or, or whatever, we're actually not focused on what we're doing in this task. Mm. Um, and, I mean, on the construction, in, on the construction site, that can have a huge effect on safety. You know, if you've got a guy operating a machine whose mind is elsewhere thinking about something else, what about the people around him, not only himself, but the people around him on that construction site? Um, So bringing back just that attention to this moment, you know, right here, right now, is really just encouraging guys to... Focus just on the here, the now. That's all it is. And it's a simple, and, and, and I mean, simple techniques of just coming back to the present moment, coming back to stress, uh, sorry, back to breath, is a, a super easy way to relieve stress, anxiety, um, and mindfulness. You know, it doesn't have to be sitting on a cushion, you know, meditating in the corner of the room. <laughs> it can be as simple as just stopping, taking three deep breaths. You know, just tapping into your body. You know, what's going on? What emotions am I feeling? Um, you know, so often we might be 
triggered by an event or we've got, you know, there's something that's happened out on site, it's triggered an emotion, so all of a sudden I'm going to react to that emotion. Whereas if we are mindful, yeah, something might have happened on site, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to allow myself just to be with that emotion. I'm going to feel that. What is that emotion? Okay, now I'm going to respond. And instead of reacting with a, with the emotion behind you, mm. you're actually responding in a more mindful and a more appropriate way. Yeah. And it, it carries over into, well, our whole lives, um, lives, lives, uh, <laughs> you know, as parents as well. It's, it's such a powerful um, well, coping strategy sometimes, I guess, as a parent. But being able to just pause and take a breath and respond rather than react uh, yep. it, it just creates so much less stress and angst for those around us as well. Um, and it just fascinates me that with all of the talk about this stuff and, and uh, you know, we have this fantastic thing called the World Wide Web where we've, you know, and smartphones. Like I was, I was reading an article recently that basically said, you know, most of humanity has all of mankind's knowledge in their pocket um, because we have access to everything mm. via Google and, and the internet and yet you know two or three hundred years ago philosophers kind of thought that when we all had that level of knowledge that we'd all be this wonderful peace loving society and there'd be equality and all that sort of stuff there seems to be way less of that than we had before we had all this knowledge so it's like we've got the knowledge but we're just not applying it yeah exactly uh, right and you know that that mindfulness and nutrition and everything seems to be very much the same it's like we've got access to all this information and yet i don't know people just seem to is it that they don't want to change i mean what's your experience with tradies obviously the people you're working with are open to change but what do you think is is needed to get more of us to make those changes and, and actually, you know, take control of what we're doing to ourselves and our families? It's such a, I mean, it's such a tough culture to change. And I think, yes, the construction industry is a male-dominated industry. And, and I think probably that, uh, you know, that old school macho culture uh, is still around. And it's it's probably, you know, we're starting to break down some of those walls, but it's it's still very much there. And, you know, this is something completely new to, to the construction industry. I mean, I uh, during Mental Health Week last year, I opened the minds of hundreds of tradies across Sydney and, and Canberra construction sites, and we did with mindfulness and yoga. You know, we went out onto construction sites and we did 35, 40 minutes of mindfulness and yoga with guys in amongst, you know, whether we were out in the dirt, whether it didn't matter, <laughs> you know, we... We, all in their high vis and hard hats. All in their high vis and hard hats, and <laughs> it was incredible and just so inspiring to see these guys get involved and participate in it. Because, and I, and why I believe it was such a success then was because they were doing they they felt those benefits immediately. You know, they they there were comments. The feedback that came back was, you know, we're we're really under the pump here on this site. You know, this has just given me a chance just to stop and take a breath and, you know, almost recharge to go again. So, I mean, it's unfortunately, you know, not everyone is going to get that and not, not everyone is going to understand that. But 
I think the more we chip away at it and the more we realise that health and safety is not, you know, we, we have such a huge focus on safety on construction sites. You know, it's all about the paperwork and, and ticking the box and making sure we, we've, everyone's covered. Mm. But we need to shift that focus to include health first and foremost because if, you know, it doesn't matter what piece of paper a guy signed at the end of the day, if he's not healthy, if he's not thinking about what he's doing because his mind is elsewhere or it's distracted, um, you know, or he's just had a an energy drink and he's coming down off his sugar high and he's just <laughs> not even thinking, you know, yeah. it, that accident is still going to happen. So, yeah. um, you know, it's – look, I, I've had nothing but support. Uh, from the industry to date and and that's fantastic like I'm I'm so happy that they are beginning to see that this is a real you know this is a real issue and we need to actually uh, use these tools so that we as I said before we don't hit that crisis point Mm. Uh, Mm. but it's you know it it might not be for everyone and and I appreciate that and and I'm accepting of that um, but, you know, the feedback I'm getting from guys who do our yoga classes every week uh, is, you know, they're, I'm seeing the progression. I'm seeing how much easier they're moving. Um, I'm getting the feedback from their employers about how their moods have changed. You know, these guys are looking forward to it. They're, they're coming to work. They're just, they just have a whole different way of being around the workplace. Yeah. So, yep. you know, that. That sort of feedback is gold and, and, and it's great to know that you know, what we're doing is having a difference. And if that's having a difference, you know, on a handful of lives or thousands of lives, you know, it'll, it'll slowly progress. Well, I think it is for everyone, Pip. I, uh, I have to disagree with you there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, think, I think too often we, the royal we, write some of these things off through our own fear of change or perhaps you know fear of being ridiculed as being uh a bit of a lone nut um <laughs> and that probably means more to you and I having seen the the training video but it does. Yep. um but yeah it's it's scary to be different to everybody else uh and I think it's a crock that that people say oh that's just not for me or I'm just not cut out for that or um, you know, I'm okay. I, I think we've got to stop bullshitting ourselves and and accept that we do need to change. Um, you know, there's there's way too many people suffering the effects of poor diet, poor movement, um, you know, poor mental health. And I think the more people who who drop that facade, as you mentioned earlier, um, and actually started being a little more honest with themselves first and foremost, I think mm. a lot of these problems would be diminished quite rapidly. So anyway, there's my little soapbox piece. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, about that facade too, I think it's important that we all take the time though to actually allow ourselves to be with people. And mm. you know, we're, we're always so busy and the construction industry is probably one of the worst for it is oh, totally. you know, we're all so busy doing all the time that we don't often take the time to have meaningful conversations or, you know, just be with people and have that conversation. And, you know, we can't always necessarily rely on the person who might be going through an issue to speak up whilst yes we continually encourage that we can't always rely on on them to do so so Mm. being aware and actually being 
you know, aware and being able to allow yourself to kind of look past that facade yep. and and see what's going on with the person behind. Uh, I think that's, you know, that's something really, really important. Mm, definitely. So, Pip, um, what's your dream? What, what's your dream? Uh, I guess I don't always like to talk about outcomes, but, you know, you sound like someone who does this out of passion and purpose. Uh you know, you, you've got a lot going on, but you know, with the Healthy Tradie Project, and I guess uh, your work with mates in construction, like, what what would be the ideal future vision for you? I would love to see construction industry workers. I mean, it would make me it would put the most hugest smile on my face to see construction <laughs> industry workers doing you know moments of of mindfulness and yoga at the start of their day. I mean, you know, that would just be incredible. And, um, Mm. uh, one of, one of the, one of my, I guess, ambitions and something that I'm working really hard on at the moment is to be able to bring this to apprentices, because I think it's so important that we, we educate that next generation and they understand the effects of all these other things and what they're having on their life. So, we're working really hard at the moment to be able to bring our program to apprentices mm. and uh, to be able to do that around Australia. So we're actually embedding this into, you know, almost into their curriculum as they're going through their apprenticeship and it then just it filters throughout the rest of the industry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the old story, isn't it? Get them when they're young. Unfortunately, uh, the... The, the people who seem to be best at that is the fast food companies and, uh, you know, the junk food companies are getting our kids and, and educating them perhaps incorrectly mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're young. Yeah. But um, I'm with you on that one, Pip. I'd, I'd love to see, uh, you know, apprentices learning about just simple business principles as well as, as um, everything that you're working on. So because um, mm. a lot of them are going out into business and then taking – you know, a lack of knowledge in that area and perhaps some misconceptions and some poor health practices. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm picking these people up as a business wingman in their, their thirties and forties where they're burned out, stressed out, um, and really doing it tough. So, uh, and you know, if we loop back to that suicide conversation, it's, uh, it's a very overrepresented age group as well is that sort of, you know, late thirties, early forties, um, in terms of the male suicide statistics. So, uh, what, what can Sorry. people, yeah, you're up. Sorry. I just wanted to add to that just quickly. Um, you know, I had a, I had a probably in his mid fifties, um, construction worker who worked for a precast company say to me after we'd done a, a yoga session at his workplace. And he said to me, you know, wow, that really made me realize, you know, just how tight I am, how my, how tight my body is and, and, and that I need to do more of this. And, and, funny you say you know you picking these guys up at you know this 30s 40s you know burnt out and stressed he said you know I'm I love what I do and here was a guy in his 50s and he said you know I love it I absolutely love it I want to be able to do this for as long as I possibly can Mm. so I think that's that real key is if we can get guys thinking about their health and well-being well then they can they've got that longevity yeah um, can continue in their business if that's what they choose to do, not not have to move away from it, 
because their body can't keep up. Yeah, and certainly, yeah, uh, yeah my personal um, experience, my dad was a builder. Um, most of my uncles were all construction workers and trade workers, hence my uh, connection to the trades. But um, uh, by the time my dad was my age, sort of mid-40s, uh, he was just about stuffed. You know, he... He had back pain. He had some other health complaints coming in, and you know he's he's still with us. He's seventy four um, this year, and uh, you know he's on oxygen eighteen hours a day for some lung disease. They can't figure out what's going on. He's had heart surgery. He's on you know pretty high level pain uh, medication prescription, and just from working himself into the ground and not taking care of himself properly. Yeah, and I can't yeah. convince him to stop eating. You know, bread and ice cream and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. he, he doesn't listen to the show because he doesn't know what podcasts are or smartphones. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if he did, uh, Dad, stop eating crap. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah. what I what I wanted to ask you, Pip, was uh, you know, if someone's listened to this and thought, oh, yeah, I've, I've I've been hearing about this stuff. Maybe it is time to do something. Um, What's what's some good first steps for people? Rather than sort of try and eat the whole elephant in one bite, what are some good first steps? One of the first things I actually um, ask people or invite people to do is to make just one change, even if it's over the course of a week. Um, so, you know, first up, can you start your day with a glass of warm water and the juices of a half a lemon? Can you make that your ritual? Warm lemon water, add in some apple cider vinegar. Can you make that your ritual first thing in the morning when you get out of bed? Mm. And once you start implementing those habits, then, okay, let's add something else in. And I, I never want it to be about restriction yeah. because I don't think that will last. And I think the more we add in the good stuff, the uh, you know you won't want that bad stuff because you'll start to feel better. So, you know, just swapping out one maybe unhealthy choice for a healthier option can you you know include some more veggies on your plate at dinner can you make dinner just a you know a simple meal of um you know a, a piece of chicken you know grilled chicken and, and some veggies and you know a piece some avocado you know to get your, your healthy fats just making small i guess sustainable and those changes will then be sustainable um you know exercise just actually waking up in the morning and move, taking some stretches that just move your body in a different way to how you generally would at work. Mm. Uh, can you get out and, and can you can you walk more? Can you, you know, go for a 20-minute walk in the afternoon? Could you, um, you know, standing there cleaning your teeth, can you do some squats? Um, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't need to be, you know, it doesn't always have to be about going to the gym. I mean, gym is great and I love it. Um, but if, if that's not in your life just at the moment, you know, there's so much that you can do at home. Do some of those functional full body movements, the squats, the push-ups, the pull-ups, the planks. Mm. You know, they're going to work the whole, you know, the whole body and all those big muscles. So, mm. um, you know, it doesn't have to be a gym. You can do it, you know, you can do all of that at home. Um, and a really simple tool with the mindfulness is, a, what we call a, a spot meditation and it's it goes by the acronym of stop so s stands for stop what you're doing t take three deep breaths o observe how your body feels so 
feel those those sensations or those emotions, you know, whatever's going on in your body. And then P, proceed with compassion, first and foremost for yourself and then for those in that situation around you. And you can do that at any time. You know, it's, that's 30 seconds that you can do at any time during the day. And it's just that awareness of coming back to your breath and coming back to your own body. Mm. I feel calmer already, Pip. <laughs> I, was just, I was listening to you uh, talk about your uh, your STOP acronym, which is awesome. And uh, and I actually found myself taking three Doing deep breaths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah, look, I, I've... Uh, I guess I've made those changes myself in my life a, a bunch of years ago and, and cured a whole lot of chronic health uh, complaints, sort of lower level stuff, but but still things that could have ended up becoming a lot more serious later in life. So um, definitely on board with everything you've talked about there, Pip. Um, so if- I think the other, the other super important thing is just play. You've got to make time to play. And I'm a terrible one for this because I get so caught up in what I have to get done, but making time just to disconnect and unwind, get off technology, you know, just let go of the routine and, you know, think of what you used to love doing as a kid and go out and find a way to do that again, Um, you know, and that really has such a huge, has such a huge impact on stress as well and relieving stress. So we've all got, we've all got an inner inner kid in us and inner child, so we've got to, We've got to peel back the layers and uncover them. I love I love uh, jumping on the swings at the park with my five-and-a-half-year-old daughter. <laughs> and uh, the other adults look at me like I'm weird. But anyway, no. I think, uh, yeah, got to let that inner child free. So, Pip, yeah. if, if listeners would like to find out more about you and certainly the Healthy Tradie Project, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, look, my website is uh, thehealthytradieproject.com or on the social media side of things, Facebook and Instagram at The Healthy Tradie Project. Awesome stuff. Well, uh, look, I'll say it again. Um, huge thanks to you uh, speaking to me today. Uh, very special day. Um yes. And, uh, yeah, very, very much value your time today. And I guess, uh, you know, it's, it's perhaps been a, a good way to celebrate, uh, celebrate today as well is, is talk about it in a positive light and, and get this message out to more tradies everywhere. Absolutely. I agree. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more that it's, um, it's a fitting day to be, um, to be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Thanks. Well, thanks again for coming on the show, Pip, and, uh, look forward to, doing some more downward facing dog stretches sometime soon <laughs> fantastic thank you cheers mate see ya you've been listening to the tradies business show with Warwick Bidwell want to get off the tools into true business ownership find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com